Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakes on the broadcast today. More on the topic of water with Carl Rohrink. He's the executive director of the Great Basin Water Network. Here for the whole show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Oh, what fun it is to win during the $100,000 Christmas giveaways at Timur at Casino. Up to $17,000 in cash and free play giveaways each week. And over $20,000 in giveaways on New Year's Eve, including up to ten dollars in cash. Your good times are at Timur at Casino. Pro Group Management offers workers' comp services to a growing number of industries. As businesses grow and change with the times, the need for a solid workers' comp program must be flexible and up-to-date. The evolving nature of regulations can make staying ahead of complex tasks challenging. But Pro Group Management simplifies the work so your industry can move forward and succeed. Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Safety is the number one priority for the trucking industry. Over $7 billion a year is spent on technology like this electronic eye that will apply the brakes automatically. But the most important factor for safety is the truck driver. These hardworking men and women who safely move over 70% of our nation's freight and 94% of Nevada's. We thank you because trucks move America forward. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. Nevada Newsmakers Studio is located at the headquarters of the Nevada Trucking Association. Motion and purpose are a truck's greatest virtue. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad, a no-holds-barred political forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers Broadcast Headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we're going to continue our conversation. We started the previous show with Carl Rohrink. He is executive director of the Great Basin Water Network, and that glue on your chair really paid off for <laughs> me. Um, let's start out with the Grand Canyon, because um, as we were just going to break from the previous show, you mentioned that people don't really understand what's happening with the Grand Canyon. Tell well, us. Well, I, I think uh, what we're dealing with here is we were talking about a tension between ag and the big cities, but we didn't even mention the environment, right? And as we are seeing these shortages on the river, problems at Lake Powell, problems at Lake Mead, what's in the middle? We have America's you know, national treasure, I think, the, the place when we think of wild and, and scenic locations. Americans think about the Grand Canyon. And so the Grand Canyon is, uh, 
you know, the, the meat between the two pieces of bread and the sandwich here that are, that are our nation's two largest reservoirs. So, you know, the amount of water that flows through there affects recreation such as whitewater rafting. It affects uh, fish species. Uh, even you have issues like all the sediment building up behind Glen Canyon Dam at Lake Powell. Uh, if you have some, some retrofits made there, what does that mean about you know, all this sediment and basically gunk uh, sitting behind Glen Canyon Dam, you know, what do you do if that starts going through the Grand Canyon and then ultimately comes down to Lake Mead? I think you know, there, there are just a myriad of other problems, whether it be uh, water temperature as well has, uh, has a, a major role to play in, in ecosystems in the Grand Canyon. And so as we deal with this crisis, just from, you know, maintaining reservoir levels, we have uh, essentially one of the crown jewels of the national park system just wedged right in between it. And so I think you know, we also, when we have these conversations about water usage, uh, consumptive water use, we have to be thinking about the environment as well. And, you know, it's, it, it's just a really difficult situation. So. Okay, we don't talk much on this show, but I would like you to, if you can, uh, to talk about what's going on in the upper Colorado River that feeds down into the Grand Canyon. I mean, you know, what kind of shape are they in, in the up, uh, upstream states? Well, I think one, uh, one good place to look is at Flaming Gorge uh, Reservoir, which, um, which is basically, it's in, um, uh, it, it, it's in um, Utah, and it is, you know, basically being used to help mitigate the effects of what's happening at our reservoirs. So they're draining upstream reservoirs in order to help fill uh, pow and mead right now. So, you know, that's, that's one way to look at it. Um, because of the shortages uh, on the river, you have uh, that happening in other reservoirs. But I think from a climate perspective, uh, what you're seeing is, I think last year's a good example. You have about, uh, you know, 105% uh, average snowpack and, um, and, but you're not seeing similar runoff patterns because our, our soils are drier. And so in what you know, would have been, um, I think in normal situations, maybe 50, 70 years ago, you, you would have, if you have a 100% snowpack year, you could expect a certain amount of runoff. But now because our soils are so dry, you're not getting the same amount of runoff. And is, be is that because the ground is absorbing the water? The ground is absorbing the water. And so you're also having uh, you know, more evaporation, quicker snow melts, different periods of time of runoff pattern. So what we're seeing where in, in the upper basin, where you know, about 80% of, of the water uh, that ultimately winds up in Lake Mead starts in these high mountains in, in Colorado, um, and uh, in some parts of Utah, you know, you're just not having the same types of runoff. It's that simple. And okay, so. so so is the big explosion in this, um, if hydro is shut off, if suddenly the lower states are not getting hydroelectric power, is that the wake-up call that everybody's going to go, wow? 
Yeah, I think I, th I think the water managers right now, whether it be the federal or the states, they're talking about hydropower at, at a place like Glen Canyon Dam. I know this summer, uh, for example, when California was really on the verge of those rolling blackouts, it was getting electricity from Glen Canyon Dam. Um, but I think with all all of what's happening in energy markets today. I don't think that saving Lake Powell is, is, should really be about hydropower, and I don't think that's what uh, all the powers that be on the river are really trying to save it for. I think um, you know, that's a good soundbite. It's a good way to get people engaged, but I think really why you're trying to keep Lake Powell alive, why water managers and other entities are trying to keep Lake Powell is you have some serious issues at bay as it relates to the structural integrity of Glen Canyon Dam when, when water gets, uh, when water levels start to decline. Okay, um, but, but I guess my, my point is this, that, you know, politicians are going to argue about everything yeah. endlessly. Um, and it's not till the public responds in a massive way, either by voting in an election or <laughs> just outcry uh, to suggest that some politicians are not going to keep their jobs that there is an awakening and a move to get things done quickly. And if you shut off power to all the places that receive hydroelectric power, um, is that not going to be the crisis that, yeah. you know, screams? Well, I, th I mean, that, that could potentially happen, but I think there's, you know, there's probably in most situations enough uh, electricity on the grid to really prevent that. But I, I, I think the public outcry, where it's really coming from, from everything that I monitor, it's, it's from the agricultural sector. I think that's where everybody is, is pointing the finger there, saying, well, ag needs to do more because they have the majority of use on the river. And they're absolutely right to say that. Uh, that that ag does need to do more, and I think they are trying to figure that out slowly but surely. You know, again, the issue is is that because of the way that rights work on the river, you know, some of the, some of the biggest users, ag users, don't have to do anything. Right. So. And there's still flood irrigation being utilized. And and, and, and there are arguments for or against flood irrigation. You know, benefits that it actually brings to the environment. You know, I just did a road trip all throughout. Uh, you know, really western Arizona and southern California, where you have you know 80 percent of your winter lettuce grown and stuff like that. Some of those lands, I mean, that's all that that wildlife has has left. And so it's like, it, it's just a terrible situation that, you know, what's happened over the past century is we've overbuilt, we've overallocated, we've overextended, and now we're in over our heads a little bit. And, and we're dealing with this and we're asking entities to change uh, you know, basically in the middle of the night. Okay, so let me ask you this, a little off, off the center here. Uh, but is what happened with the Walker River and Walker Lake an example of how things can be fixed? Because it was like the, the show The Producers, where there was, it was so over, over uh, given to so many different uses that didn't matter how much water came into the Walker River, um, it was never going to fill Walker Lake. It was always going to keep on going down. And when Senator Reid was in the Senate, he helped to do the negotiations that allowed the federal government to buy up water rights to allow water, uh, Walker Lake 
to actually be saved. Is that any kind of example that can be used in a bigger picture? I mean, that's basically what's happening. The, the Desert Terminal Lakes program was just throwing a bunch of money at the problem. Now, here's, here's the issue, is that on the Walker, um, you haven't seen ag producers take all the money that's, that's being thrown at them. And so we're really not seeing you know, immense and great progress at the Walker. I mean, there's still ongoing litigation uh, in, uh, in federal court right now. So, and, and, and a lot of that deals with, well, how do we actually get more water in there? Um, so there, there have been some good things that have happened, but there's still, again, that tension that I keep talking about there. So, you know, money can only go so far. And, and I think that is what is happening on the Colorado River is you have the federal government throwing out money saying, hey, you know, here's, here's what we'll give you all per acre foot, you know, 300 or so acre feet in the lower basin. I guess they put $150 per acre foot in the upper basin. Uh, what, you know, who's, who's willing to take it? And producers in these regions have to figure out, well, you know, can, can I make more if I grow? Um, or should I just take the money because I may not have the water next year because there may not be water in the reservoirs to actually dole out. I think the one thing that we can say is the federal government is going to make sure that the health and safety of, of citizens is going to be taken care of at some you point You know, you bring up a fascinating point, um, which is because normally money is the be-all and end-all of all of these discussions. and you know, whether it's, it's the current owners of the water rights or their children who may not have as big an interest in maintaining those water rights and would rather take the money. But in the end, uh, can the federal government force people to take their money in, in a form of eminent domain? Uh, I, I don't think that can necessarily be the case, but I think especially in they have, the federal government has greater authority in the lower basin to go in and, and really do some arm twisting. Um, you know, really use a, a stick more than a carrot. In the upper basin, it gets a little bit more difficult because uh, the management set up there uh, is largely a state-led effort and state water rights issue. Uh, I still think the federal government, I was just talking with a law professor about this last week, about the federal government's ability, again, to do some arm twisting with the states to get entities to, to use less. And, you know, I, I think, again, where we'll see that really happen in a more expedited way is in the, uh, is in the lower basin. Um, the upper basin is a bit of a different story. Uh, so, you know, time will ultimately tell uh, what the Fed's able to do. But I think that's why the certain regulatory processes we have going on now is a way for the federal government to lay things out and tell people, well, either deal with it or sue us. And that will be a short process, right? Okay, we'll take another break. We'll be right back with Kyle Roerink after this timeout. With Nevada's only transplant center and verified burn center, the science is here. With award-winning cardiologist and the state's only dedicated heart failure clinic, the talent is here. With Nevada's most advanced robotic surgery, the technology is here. And with the Silver State's only designated pediatric trauma center, hope is here. All because we are here. UMC. 
Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. I'm here at the Carson Valley Inn in Minden with Joey Whitaker, and you've got a lot of convention space and meeting breakout space for people. Tell us about what's available. Well, we can handle a group up to about 250, uh, and anywhere as small as 10 or 15. So it really depends on what you're looking for, what the customer's looking for. We're open to anything. It's a beautiful drive, and if you live in South Reno, it's probably about 30, 35 minutes, so it's real easy to get to. It's not a long way to get away to the Carson Valley Inn. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Carl Rohrink. He is the executive director of the Great Basin Water Network. So, a project that I've been following for probably 20 to 30 years now has been Ivanpah Airport, which will be the secondary airport for Las Vegas. It was originally designed as a, uh, the idea was a freight airport, so you could just have tourists coming in through uh, what is now Harry Reid Airport and the freight would go to uh, Ivanpah. You would have light rail between Ivanpah and Las Vegas. Um, 6,000 acres. Airports are huge economic development drivers. Um, your thoughts on where this is? Because Terry Reynolds from uh, the Department of Business and Industry was on here saying it's gonna be sooner than later, not the eight to 10 year time frame that um, Chairman Kirkpatrick was talking about, but m maybe a lot less. Well, nobody loves Ivanpah Airport quite like you, Sam. So you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're able to talk about it. I mean, I think you know the. I, listen, it's it is a huge economic development project. I mean, it's an airport for goodness sake, and it's six thousand acres. This is not a small thing, but. Apparently, I'm the only one that cares. Well, I publicly. Mean, well, I think you know when other other guests of yours, like Par Tolls, uh, come on here and talk about their real estate developments there. I think people are paying attention to it. I think that's why the elephant in in the room is is the Clark County lands bill uh, to really you know galvanize and drive that whole effort. I think they they want more federal land. Uh, freed up down there for all types of development opportunities. And again, this goes back to the question for me. To do that in the way that they all envision it will require pipelines of Colorado River water, new pipelines of Colorado River water. And however you want to do the math on the water counting, well, we ripped up this much grass, and so you know, we can send that water down to the Ivanpah Airport now. Um, I, you know, to me, I mean, that's these are the existential questions that the folks down in Las Vegas have to ask themselves is do they think that there's more water coming to the Colorado River anytime soon? 
Well, the, the Southern Nevada Water Authority says, without naming Ivanpah, that they have water available to develop from Apex all the way uh, down to Gene. So, you know, from that point of view, they say it's already there. And then somebody was saying to me the other day that not only do you have to pipe the water down there, but you've got to pipe the effluent back up. You do. You do. And they don't, e they don't have that pipeline yet. Uh, and they were actually, I mean, the SNWA wanted to build a pipeline under Sloan Canyon uh, National Conservation Area. That didn't happen with the BLM. They're back at the drawing board uh, working on that. So, you know, the infrastructure isn't there yet. Um, you know, so I think, you know, there's still a lot of work left for them to be able to do that. But again, I go back to the question of, you know, where's the water going to come from? Um, well, the other question is the environmental question. Um, you know, you are obviously an environmentalist, but you are not as strident as some <laughs> have been in this particular topic. You have always seemed to me to be a more reasonable man. Um, but it looks like every time, um, you know, we have a project that's going to benefit society, um, like lithium mining in the state, we have all these environmental groups that come out in opposition and it's hard to balance. It's like, well, we want, you know, uh, you know, a decarboned atmosphere, but we're doing everything we possibly can to stop it occurring because we're putting up all these environmental hurdles because we hear that a plant is going to go in somewhere, a, you know, a, a lithium plant, for example, uh, a lithium mine, and then somebody goes out and finds a wildflower or a, a, you know, a shrimp that hasn't, you know, been heard of before and suddenly there's an environmental environmental impact statement and the whole thing comes to a grinding halt. Where's the balance there between, you know, protecting the environment and protecting the environment? It seems like we got two competing sides here. It's, you know, these are the seminal questions of our time. <laughs> I'm, and, gl and I'm glad that Nevada Newsmakers is the place for well, seminal you questions. Guys are, you guys are handling it here, but <laughs> I think you know, I I issues like, like with, with Teams Buckwheat at, at, at Rhyolite Ridge or even uh, the Dixie Valley Geothermal Project, you know, Fish and Wildlife, uh, the federal government has just listed right. two species uh, over the past month. And Have so they heard of evolution? Well, I, I mean, the I, dinosaurs I, see, I, are I no think that's what here. they would say. They would say, Sam, have you heard of evolution and speciation? You know, and and so I think the What's, what is speciation? You know, the, the amount of you know uh, how a species, whether it be a flower, whether it be you know humans, how they have developed over time and that that special process and gone away over time uh, and and gone away over time. But the question is, is who is driving? You know, what is driving that extinction? And I, th I think the, the question is, is, you know, in an era, Congress created the Endangered Species Act for a reason. And so I think, you know, the environmentalists that are using the ESA are saying, well, th these are the laws of the land. Why aren't we abiding by the right, laws but of the what land? Right, but does national security trump environmental laws at a certain point? Well, I think I think the question is, you know, what is what is national security when when you have well, entities? Well, if China owns all the lithium, that could be a problem. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Renee Summer, our digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the Valley from Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. Truck drivers are some of the hardest working people you'll meet, delivering over 70% of America's freight and 92% of Nevada's. When there's a natural disaster, they're delivering critical supplies to help those communities recover and rebuild. Every sector of the economy and our nation's military rely on truck drivers. So let's take a moment to say thank you. On the open road or city streets, our truck drivers are rolling to make our economy and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel, always at the cutting edge of progress. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, our remaining moments with Kyle Rorink, Executive Director of the Great Basin Water Network. Are you optimistic? I am optimistic because I think all the parties, on the Colorado River especially, um, they are resigned to, uh, to solve the issue. So I'm optimistic that some good change is actually going to happen. I'm optimistic that cities are going to be able to thrive while um, you know, we, can have, uh, we can still grow our own food in this nation and that we can still protect environmentally special places. You know, that's, I, I think that's what we all want to see. We all want to see that balance. We all want to be able to go to, to Grand Canyon and have a, a breathtaking experience. We all want to be able to, you know, uh, live in cities or, you know, have our family in cities be able to, to thrive. And uh, we all want to be able to have a good meal on our plate. So, you know, it is, it is this balance, I think. So we really have no choice. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no other choice but to adapt and change, to speciate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm writing that down. I'm going to check my dictionary. Carl Rowing, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank, Thank you so you. much for doing this. Thank you. And we'll be right back. I'm here at the Carson Valley Inn in Minden with Joey Whitaker. Entertainment here at the Carson Valley Inn is extraordinary. Yeah, super proud of the TJ's Corral, our outdoor venue, about 1,500 seats. We've had first-class entertainment out there. We've had Merle Haggard. We've had Chris Young. We've had Lee Bryce a couple times. We've had Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, who's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're real proud out there, and it's, and it's just a great time. Watch CarsonValleyInn.com and grab those tickets early. It's not a long way to get away to the Carson Valley Inn. Take a look at Pro Group Management and see how your workers' comp requirements can be met head on. 
By taking a proactive approach, Pro Group can assure that your company is meeting or exceeding state and federal standards. As you move forward in your industry, Pro Group moves with you, simplifying regulatory tasks, clearing the way so you can get the job done and look to your future success. Pro Group Management, workers' comp that works for you. The Do It Right guys at Nevada Heating have one mission. Your furnace breaks down today, we fix it today. Why freeze for days while your furnace is down when Nevada Heating can get the job done today and you can get warm again? For nearly 50 years, locally owned Nevada Heating has been getting the job done right. Call today at 323-5585 and we'll fix it today. That's 323-5585 or online at nevadaheating.com. Each day, the Children's Advocacy Alliance partners with leaders, legislators, and families across Nevada to improve children's health, education, economic well-being, and safety. We recognize Nevada will be no better than the state of its children. Be a part of this change. Be a supporter of the Children's Advocacy Alliance. For more information, go to caanv.org. Oh, what fun it is to win during the $100,000 Christmas giveaways at Timurak Casino. Up to $17,000 in cash and free play giveaways each week. And over $20,000 in giveaways on New Year's Eve, including up to $10K in cash. Your good times are at Timurak Casino. As always, you can watch the Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. We'll see you on the next show.